For those who embark on the path of the weird and eerie, where every question asked is a new beginning, and the tendrils of the phenomenon are woven into the mighty cords of procession, continue on, for when all is at its end, you will find the truth swinging at the creaking ropes of destiny. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Creaking Ropes of Destiny podcast. And with you as always, your host, Kenneth. I hope everybody had an excellent week. I know I uh, I got down Wednesday night, turned on the night shift with the Hollow Sky Boys and just loved the live calls. Love that live show. If you get the chance, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Central, check it out. Definitely got the coast-to-coast vibes. Um, for anybody here... Please like, follow, subscribe, tell your people if you uh, wouldn't mind spreading spreading the news a little bit, let them know about this podcast, try to bring some people in, Discord link, email, website, all that is going to be in the show notes, so just go ahead and check that out if you want to contact me, maybe you want to try to set up an interview or something, or just want to say, hey, good job or whatever, please go ahead, feel free. And a big shout out to Josh Grambo. His Instagram link is also in the show notes. Best friend. He designed the logo for me. I couldn't have been happier. So if you can, send him some love. I know he's dude grows podcast and he's got a lot of irons in the fire. So show the man some love. He deserves it. Now that we're back, how about today's topic? Today, I thought I would go through... The Beast of Jovadan, or something that is commonly just referred to as The Beast. Now, my sources for this were Wikipedia, which, yes, everyone knows it's not always the most factual, but it is a good place to turn to at times. And then as well as the book Beast by Gustavo Sanchez Romero and S.R. Schwab, that's S-C-H, W-A-L-B. I will put a link in the show notes for that book as well in case anybody wants to check it out and see if they want to read it. So the Beast of Jovadon. This occurred in France, mainly south-central region of France, in the years 1764 to 1767. Now this was a rural area, small parish. I mean, these, these were salt-of-the-earth people. I mean, farmers, livestock, you know, that, that kind of thing. Peasants weren't allowed to own guns. Only soldiers, you know, royalty, nobility. Those were the only ones allowed to have guns. So these guys really didn't have anything but pitchforks and things like that. So what ends up happening in a 56 by 50 mile area or a 90 by 80 kilometer area, depending on which measurements you prefer to use. There were some ferocious attacks that happened. Now, trigger warning a little bit. There will be a little brutality in this episode. Not much, but it's just a heads up in case you uh, weren't really looking for, for that. So basically what ends up happening. So 1987, there was an actual study done about these attacks. And that 1987 study basically said there were 210 attacks 
113 deaths and 49 injuries. Now, there are some other sources that say there were only 60 to 100 deaths, 30 injuries. And then there's still other reports where people are claiming it was up to 300 deaths that happened in this three-year period. And, and most of our knowledge of this actually comes through the Catholic registry in the parishes. The Catholics would write down that they were attacked and killed by a ferocious beast, a ferocious creature. And so th that's stuff that's written down that they can go back and it's preserved and they can look at. So that's how they know that this was going on, as well as some other documentation, which I will talk about a little later. Right? So primarily, most places talk about one main incident being the beginning. And this happens in the summer of 1764 with Marie Jeanne Vallée. She was attacked while she was out with her herd when a creature attacked. And the bull in the herd chased it away. It tried to attack again. The bull chased it away again and it left. So she, she survives this. And when she comes back, you know, she doesn't say it was a wolf. I mean, in this era, in this rural area, these people know what a fucking wolf looks like. I mean, she's not going to be out there and see a wolf and come back into town like she's Miss Swan from Mad TV talking, hey, look -a like a wolf. She's not going to do that. You know, in, in my thinking, there's only three things that she's going to do. She's going to come back and she's going to say, it was a wolf. Or she's going to come back and say, it was a big-ass wolf. Or she comes back and she says, it was like a wolf, but not a wolf meaning it was something she really wasn't familiar with, and the closest thing she could name to it was a wolf. And that's exactly what she did. She came back and just said it was like a wolf, but not a wolf. And she wasn't the only one. Numerous people throughout these attacks constantly said, you know, it was similar to a wolf, but it was not a wolf. And these people know what wolves look like. So that's basically considered to be the first known attack and i do believe um in one of the towns they erected a statue for marie because of the way this happened and, and how huge this became in the country and then the next attack happens to 14 year old jean boulet now here's going to be a little trigger warning with this there was a fatality she was killed and when they found her she had been decapitated and her head had been dragged 15, about 15 yards away from her body. And it was clearly an animal style attack. You know, it was not a, a nice slice. It was something with teeth tore at her. And, and that's the first fatality that they often talk about with this. And then the, the last case in this that I'm going to talk about and I'm mainly just going through the three main ones, occurs on January 12th, 1765. Now there's seven young friends out, just kind of out, out in the forest or out in the meadow, 1765. Now there's 
seven young friends out. Just kind of out, out in the forest or out in the meadow. And a creature comes up and snatches one of them and tries to drag it away. Tries to drag this kid away. Now there just happens to be another kid there. Jacques Portefeuille. Now Jacques ain't having it. I don't know. You, apparently with Jacques you don't run up on his boys because he don't like it. So he takes off after this to try and save his friend. And the other kids join him after a little bit when they realize maybe we should help him out, I guess. And they do. They rescue this kid and this creature runs off. And like all the other attacks and sightings that happened prior, all the kids say the same thing. It looked like a wolf, but not a wolf. But this experience goes way up the ladder. I mean, this story is just getting told all over, you know, like it, like all over the country. Makes its way to the King of France, King Louis the 15th. I mean, can't really get much higher than that at that point in time in that country. And King Louis's like, that dude's brave. I, sh I should do something for him. And he does. He awards Jacques 350 livres for his courage as well as paying for him to get any education he wants. And he takes advantage of that. Jacques does what he does, gets his education, and later on in life, he's actually in the employ of King Louis XV. He's in his court. He's working for him, like, directly underneath of him and shit. And that's not too bad. That's a come up, if you ask me. Now, now, King Louis the Fifteenth also did give three hundred livres for the other kids to split. So Jacques made off with three fifty, and the other kids, you know, they got about 50, 50 livres apiece. We started getting documentation of this in the royal histories in France. King Louis the Fifteenth signs a royal decree and flings it out there that. The French state, the royal state of France, is going to help out in this area. He's going to send soldiers in, his royal huntsmen. Which, remember, like I said, these people in these rural areas were not allowed to hunt. They were not allowed to have guns. So soldiers and huntsmen had to come in. Now, they would ask the civilians for help. And some of them they did loan guns to, but they loaned them to them. They had them, and then they took them when they left. And this is just huge to me. To me, it's huge. Like, the king of France is getting involved with this, talking about we need to do something. Mainly because the reports were coming in, and even though it's not like how today is so instant with news, stuff was still coming in. And people were getting worried. So the king did what the king does and basically told other people to go die if they wanted to. Some will say this creature was the size of a cow. Others will say it was the size of a horse. Some sightings have it walking on two feet. Some describe it as no hair on the tail except for a little tuft of hair at the end. Even with the fatalities, there's... There's some reports where they say 
clothes were folded after the attack. And that, that, that's crazy because no beast is going to fold some clothes, right? I mean, a wolf, if it's a wolf, a wolf ain't going to go start tearing you apart and then fold your clothes before he leaves. So that's just, that's just a really weird thing that's going on with this. Like all these reports and sightings are just unbelievable. And we also have some of these, some of these reports because newspapers are really just starting to get going at that point in time. I mean, it was shortly before the United States became a country, as we'd like to say. We get these people coming in. The, the nobles are getting involved, the, the soldiers and the royal huntsmen. And, and they're saying stuff like, we think it's one or two wolves doing this, renegade wolves. Now, the issue with that is they were having attacks that would almost happen simultaneously 20, 25 miles apart. I highly doubt that a couple wolves are going to split up and cover 25 miles of ground. But, you know, that, that's just me. And all throughout these attacks, they, they, they know that this creature, this beast, primarily preys on lone women and children. Some men, but it just appears to be women and children mainly. And that's, a, that's another thing that just seems kind of odd that that's all it would do. It would just mainly hang out on those. So what do you say we get into a, a few of the theories they talk about? Now, obviously, one of the theories is it's just a wolf. It's just a big wolf. Sometimes they just say it's like a dire wolf. And it just happens to be a man-eating wolf. Now, as, as crazy as some of that some some of that sounds, I think back to you know the, the man eating lions of Zavo. You know there there was a couple lions that were that would go after after humans. That's all they would do. And with that, they found later on that both of those lions had some kind of a genetic defect and had major abscess on their teeth, which would have made it harder for them to hunt prey. So they just kind of figured that because of that, they went off after the easier, softer prey, which was humans. And as much as that could make sense, the fact that so many reports from people that know the area, that know wildlife, say it's not a wolf. It's kind of similar to one, but it is not a wolf. Now, another theory that comes up is a hyena. Some say the hyena matches this description that some of these sightings have. And they're saying that there was a, a menagerie that was coming through and a hyena escape. Um, they even go as far as saying like one of the noblemen actually trained a hyena and had one and would release it onto the people as payback. And, and yeah, a hyena, it, for people who hadn't seen one, would look like a beast. And if all you really knew were wolves, you might relate that to a wolf. 
you might say well, it was kind of like a wolf that's kind of and some of the descriptions do sound familiar of a hyena but what about standing on hind feet and what about like primarily like aren't hyenas like almost more scavenger type animals you know going more for carry on and things like that I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I know they have a tendency to be like that. At least to my recollection, they do. And another theory is that there was a serial killer on the loose. Now, given given some of the reports where they talk about finding folded clothes and, and things like that, maybe, maybe there was a serial killer roaming around at the same time as all this was going on. But I highly doubt that they could pin every single attack and fatality on a serial killer. So to me, like the serial killer is the most unreasonable theory of them all. And now we get into a little bit more of the woo woo, you know, the stuff we're really here for the reason you're listening. A werewolf or as they would refer to it, the Rougarou. I believe down um, in Louisiana and around New Orleans and all that, that they still have tales of the Rougarou roaming the swamps in the Delta. Now that does, a werewolf does fit a lot of those descriptions. I mean, whether it would be standing on hind legs or walking on all fours, a werewolf would look like a wolf, but not a wolf. You know, it would look like a wolf. To quote Miss Swan again, and that would talk about the, the folding of clothes, the rage that appeared in some of these attacks with the decapitations. I mean, monstrous, brutal things going on. Literally, people like torn limb from limb and body parts scattered in the field, the meadow or whatever. And having the knowledge and forethought to primarily go after lone women and children. I mean, so much of this just screams werewolf. Just screams it. I mean, just, just ask yourself if, if, if that's what it is. If you think it would be a werewolf. I mean, back then, werewolves were just assumed to exist for most people. And then we jump forward. Think about it, We jump forward to where we are in history right now with Sasquatch and Dogman, werewolves, reptilians, you know, numerous sightings of cryptids and we all know with with dog man very wolf-like you could almost call it a wolf man and those reports where it is vicious where it's strictly doing harm and very similar it happens to people who are in a small group or by themselves so how possible is it that this stuff's going on in France in 1764? 
that this area is getting just bombarded with the ferocity of a werewolf. I mean, yes, yes, wolves were known, especially back then, to frequent um, battles, battlefields, especially after they've been done. The blood and everything would attract them. But this was just a rural town. This thing was just going after people in fields. Just insane. Insane. So, I mean, that's that's really it for the Beast of Jovedon. Feel free to look into it, to hit up Wikipedia, hit up Beast, the book. And I'll give a shout out, Astonishing Legends. Did an episode on the Beast of Jovedon. Um, I couldn't find an episode number, but uh, I, I, th I think it was released in February 28th of 2021. So definitely take a look at that. And like this, this case, the Beast of Jovedon has like inspired so many books and movies. Um, Brotherhood of the Wolf was about the Beast of Jovedon. A lot of your werewolf movies that come out are actually based on this concept of the Beast of Jovedon. To me, it's, it's, it's just mind-blowing. Like, I can wrap my mind around it, and I don't believe that this shit happened. Like, that's just insane. Just insane. Well, guys, I can tell you that this is going to be a short episode. Um, I really just wanted to try to get something out I knew a little bit about, try to ease myself into this, you know, this whole talking on the microphone by myself in a room, you know, perched up like my name was Todd. Boat shorts, boat shoes, just doing it all. <laughs> oh, I, I'm stupid sometimes. Um but I want to thank you for listening. Um, I know next week I plan on talking about like a theory that I've been working on. It's, it, it's a pretty in-depth theory and in no way is it the truth, but we'll have to wait for next week to do that. Once again, thank you for listening, man. If you can hit the like and subscribe, and tell some people about it. Um, even even if you just tell them that it's rough, I'm going to do what I can to make it better. The more I do it, the easier things are going to come to me. I probably tried recording this episode like four or five times. And I always just get pissed off and stop and delete. Don't even want to edit it. But thank you. Everything's in the show notes. And remember, keep searching for the truth, swinging at the creaking ropes of destiny.